Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Well, good morning. So as Bill said, we are, we're taking eight weeks to um, discover what it means to be rooted. And um, we find our verse, um, our verses in Colossians. And Pastor Cameron started out the series by talking two weeks, and he started with everybody standing up and reading this together. So we thought that's a great way to start. So would you guys join me and stand, and we will read this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority." Amen. You may be seated. So this uh, passage of scripture is four verses or five verses. Um, We pull them apart and we are are talking about eight aspects of being orderly in our faith. The first was received Christ Jesus as Lord. And Cameron talked about, Pastor Cameron talked about how we need to understand what lordship looks like, what, what having a lord looks like. In our society, in our country, in our di- day and time, we don't really have a good idea of what that is. And so he really talked about that. And all of our messages are on podcast form, YouTube form, and Facebook form. So you guys can go back and look at that. And then last week, he talked about how we need to walk out our lives in him. Um, and then the next ones are rooted built up, strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thankfulness, and see to it that no one takes you captive, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Those are really good topics. And so today, we're going to talk about rooted. And it comes from verse 7, the part that we're talking about, is rooted and built up in him. And actually, Paul uses, he mixes metaphors here, which is unusual. Usually he talks about one metaphor and and really expounds on that. But this one, he actually mixed two. And so we're pulling them apart. And today I'm going to talk about rooted. And just as Jesus did, I'm going to share with you a little bit about being rooted. So let's talk trees, okay? So um, these are actually pictures I've taken over the years. Um, I could do a really long slideshow on all the pictures of trees that I happen to have. Took a long time to find the ones that I wanted. Um, Because trees are fascinating. They are absolutely fascinating. And um, in the root systems make it very easy for me to share what I want to share with you today. So we're going to talk trees. First of all, when you look at a tree... And you were taught in school, the most important things for a plant is sunlight, correct? Correct. I mean, a a plant cannot live without the sun because the sun goes into the green leaves, which is what gives the green color and chlorophyll. Okay, so let's not get too scientific. 
But the one thing about every living thing is they all need water. And so water is the source of life. And a tree cannot function without its source of water, okay? And so nothing survives without water. And the interesting thing about a root system of a tree is oftentimes the root system of a healthy tree is bigger than its crown. The crown is the top part, right? So its base is really big, right? And it's in the soil. And that's where their strength comes from. Their strength is in the soil or the, in the roots. And so their root system holds them in place when storms come. And so interestingly, what happens, and this is, I found this interesting, when a storm comes and pushes on a tree, the root system actually digs in deeper. When a storm happens, their roots go further in and get more anchored. And so storms are important to trees because it actually helps them become stronger. Okay, and it, it happens slowly over time, right? None of this happens quickly. Um, as I learned when I mistakenly planted a pin oak in the middle of my yard, thinking I would have this glorious tree that now stands about seven foot tall. So anyway, um, the other thing about trees that's very interesting is that left alone, they grow in community. So when you see a tree that's all by itself, it's probably because man planted it alone or uh, somebody deforested everything around it to put up a house, right? Sometimes a bird will come along and drop a seed and then a tree will grow and then it will send out shoots to make more trees. And so it is not singular in its existence. It is in community. And so what's, I, I found this fascinating article in National Geographic. It's about how trees talk to each other. And so what, um, is this a pointer? Does this do this? Oh. Oh. That's cool. Sorry. Sorry. I, I was looking for a laser pointer, so this is way cooler. So this giant tree on the side here is called a hub tree. And a hub tree is the tallest of trees in a forest, okay? So I want you guys to picture a big forest. And as if you've ever walked through a forest, you see little trees and you see big trees, right? The biggest trees are called hub trees. And they, their canopy, their crown goes all the way to the top and they get the most access to the sunlight, right? Because they're the biggest. And then the other little trees are over here and they're like, oh, I really would like some sun, right? And yet they still grow. Have you ever seen a forest that's really shady and you see trees growing and it's like, what do they get? Little tiny bits of sun and they're still growing. Well, this is what's cool. That tree, oh, I'm pushing the wrong button. That tree gets so much sunlight that it produces a whole bunch of sugar and it has more than it needs. So it sends it out through its root system and it goes and it connects to not only its sapling, but other trees of other kinds, 
So an oak tree doesn't just give sugar to oak trees. It gives it to the beech trees and the elms and the maples, and it feeds extra sugar to the other trees. And it does it through a process. There's fungi and there's mycelium and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, what's cool about that is they are feeding one another. And what they found, this is so interesting. They found these, so this is an aerial view of tree, a forest, and those are the hub trees. So they came in and they were like, oh, this hub tree, they actually found the DNA from the hub tree in the other trees. So it's pushing not only its sugar, but it's pushing its DNA, its, its life source into these other trees. But when they came in and went, you know what? Let's cut down the biggest trees, right? When you cut down all those hub trees, and there was only, they only cut down like seven, they lost 47% of the forest because they took out the biggest ones and then the ones that were using them to live all died. Um, okay. The other way that um, trees are connected, oh, well, yeah, other ways that trees are connected. Now, here's the thing. If, if a storm comes in a big forest, you lean on one another. But if a storm comes and you're singularly all alone, you're not getting roots from anybody else, you fall over, right? And um, the, I was going to say the interconnectedness of trees also, um, they do this thing. When pests come or disease hits, trees actually signal each other that there's, they're warning each other. They do this. One of the cool things that I found was in, um, in Africa where the giraffes are, the acacia trees actually, so a giraffe comes along and it's like chomping on the um, acacia tree. The acacia tree sends out, um, what is it called? Just a second. Um, it sends out an ethylene gas and it sends it in through the air and it tells the other acacia trees, danger, there's giraffes coming. So the other acacia trees produce a gas and tannins. They produce tannins. So when the giraffe comes along, it goes, ooh, I don't like that. And it won't eat them. Isn't that cool? They have their own warning system. I just think that's really, that's amazing. So, um, so anyway, okay, so trees. Yes, here's the other thing. Um, tree stumps, trees cannot die if you, sh if you cut them down. They still live, especially in a forest. If you cut one down, if you come along, even m months, years later, you can scrape at the tree and you'll still see growth. And that's because other trees are still pumping it with sugars. So it keeps it alive. The only way you can get rid of a tree is to pull it out by its roots. The other, the other picture, um, the one on the right, um, my husband and I were at this um, preserve, and the, you see the tree that's dead. There's another tree that's on it, and it's the tree that's, well, that's been cut down or fallen down, is actually called a nurse log. <laughs> and what it's doing is it's giving the last of what it has to nurse that baby tree and giving it as much energy and filling it so that it can grow in its place.
trees are cool. <clears throat> and the last thing I want to tell you about trees is that transplanting a tree, it's, very, um, it's a very sketchy process because you lose 95% of the root system. So a tree, if you want to transplant a tree, the recommendation is whatever the diameter of the tree is, say it's a six inch diameter, then that's how many years you need to wait before you transplant it. It can only be transplanted. So a giant tree, you can't transplant it every year. It will die because it needs its root system to grow and be as big and strong, to keep it strong and healthy. So, Kathy, what's this got to do with Colossians? I know, you, but it's interesting, isn't it? Trees are so cool. Okay, well, what it has to do is everything. Um, Paul says we are to be rooted and built up in him. That's the NIV version. Um, I love the NLT version. It says, let your roots go down into him. Okay, it's talking about Jesus. And the message says, you are deeply rooted in him, well constructed upon him. He is our source of life. And um, just as water, every living thing needs water, we need Jesus. If you're a Christian and you believe, you need him every day in every way. And I, I uh, as I was preparing for this, I was taken back to my, and this is a long time ago, people, because I, I went to high school a long time ago. But I was remembering geometry class. In geometry class, we did these things called postulates and theorems. Anybody? Okay. Anyway, there's this, this thing where you have rules, and if this rule applies, then the next rule, you can use that to get to the end result. Well, we know that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we need to be rooted in him. And this is talking about Jesus. But we also know that Jesus is God. So we need to be rooted in God, right? And, 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 and then he goes further and says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So if you're rooted in Jesus, then you are rooted in God. Therefore, you are rooted in love. Right? And Ephesians, Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So it's not just one verse that Kathy is just pulling out of somewhere. We need to be rooted in love. Jesus was love, is love. God is love. So what does that love look like? We need to ground our faith on the truth. That's his word. We need to spend time alone with God. We need to be like those hub trees and be getting so much from the Lord that we can give out to others, right? That's, that's what we need to do. And it's so hard Sometimes when you go through your week and you're, you're taking care of kids and you're doing your job and then people start talking about things and you get a little off track. And I've done this, get off track and I start hearing 
you know, somebody or something, you know, talking about something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And I, and I don't go back and check the word. And I, and I don't, I don't go back and say, well, well, God, what do you think? You know, well, that person's really smart, you know, and you could, you could be looking at me going, yeah, Kathy knows what you go back and study your scriptures. You go back and look it up for yourself because Jesus is coming back for the church and we are the church. But when we stand before God, we're going to be all by ourselves. And I'm not going to be there with you, Pastor Bill and Mary Lee, Pastor Cameron. You're going to be there before God. And if you don't know him, you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, that is not a scary, that's a scary place to be, okay? Um, okay, I got a little off track here, sorry. Um, so we want to, we want to, we want to take Paul's warning. Paul says in Ephesians, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. And what I heard when I heard this was, we need to be so grounded in Jesus, in God, and in love that we don't get tossed around when the politics of 2024 come along. It is coming and it's already here. And, and can I just say, if you look back at 2020, it wasn't pretty. And the church did not look real good. Because you know what? Above my political thoughts and my ideologies and my, my convictions about how we should run our country, run my household, raise my kids, teach what this or teach what that, I need to be a Christian. I need to be founded and rooted in love. And my social media should show that I love. If you're not grounded and rooted, you are a tumbleweed. And a tumbleweed, I don't know if you've ever seen it, they just go wherever the wind goes. Whatever thing happens to be, oh, this, this political person, he, well, he was this way and now he's that way. Okay, I'll follow him over here. We do understand that politics has a lot to do with power, right? Jesus says something about power, right? We shouldn't be seeking after that. And please hear me especially if you don't know me, I, you should vote. You should vote your conscience. You should be good, um, you know, good citizens. God says that Daniel served under four kings, but God was his ultimate king, right? Okay. Do you, they will know you are rooted in love if you do what First John 4 says. Whoever does not love does not know God. So if you don't love, you don't know God. And then he says in 1 John 4, 11, he says, Dear friends, we, I, wanted to, I wanted to take this whole passage, but stick to the plan, Kath. Um, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does, not, um, whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, 
cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And Jesus said, so if you say, okay, well, yeah, but he's talking to the church because you are all my brothers and sisters and I can love all you. But those people out there, not so sure about that. Well, Jesus said, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So we have no one that we are not commanded to love. And finally, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, tells us how we do this. We are patient. We are kind. We are not envious. We are not boastful or proud. We do not dishonor others. We are not self-seeking, easily angered, and we don't keep a record of wrong. Mm. I wish I could tell you that I can do all of those things really well. Uh, the person I, 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 the person, I mean, I love, I love God, but I love my husband, and sometimes I struggle with that. Keep no record of wrong. You know, he did this the other day. <laughs> I actually can't think because I, I did forgive him, but... Um, <laughs> But, but are we doing that? Are we doing that? Are we on social media boasting? Are we on social media being proud? Are we patient with those who we don't like? And then, so just like, so once we're rooted, when the storms come, what happens? You know, storms in life are, yeah. how many of you prayed to get out of the storm? <laughs> like, like, I want, you know, Jesus came to the boat and he stopped the storm, you know? Like, I want my storm to be over. And sometimes we need to, we need to look at the storm as it's our opportunity to dig in. Let our roots go deep. And um, there's a promise in Isaiah he says, so do not fear, for I am with you. God says this, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's what he does when we're in a storm. He, if we put our roots on him, he will hold us in place. And, and another place in Isaiah, it, it says, it will be a shelter, that it um, earlier in the, in the verse, it was the branch of the Lord. And that branch of the Lord that he's talking about, he's prophetically seeing Jesus, our Messiah. So instead of saying it, we say Jesus will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and the rain. So we can seek shelter under the wings of the Almighty. In the midst of our storm, do we go and say, okay, God, I, somebody, somebody did that last week. They said, was it Justin? I don't know. Like hide in, maybe it was Cameron, hide in to Jesus. You know, take refuge there and let your roots go down into him. So you cannot, so you're not going, oh, I don't know why God does this to me. I don't know why this is happening again. You know, 
Oh, God, you are my safety. You are my shelter. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? So when the winds come, we may feel tempted to sway, but our roots keep us right where we're supposed to be. And Jesus warns us, we're going to have trouble. And he says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We can know that no matter what storm comes, he's going to be with us through it all. Amen? So in community, (laughs) you know, God puts us in families. You understand that, right? Like the whole New Testament, well, not the whole New Testament, all letters were written to churches. And Colossians was written to a small church like us, small church, talking to people, saying, hey, guys, This is important, right? The church is a family. And um, and in Acts, we see the setup of the church in Acts. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, which we're, we're reading right now in Colossians, and to fellowship, which we do with one another, the breaking of bread, fellowship meals, potlucks, and to prayer, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes, in their homes, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. By doing what? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I want that, church. I want that. I want, we want that. I can speak for the pastoral staff. We want that. We want our love to be so evident. And, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we are to meant to support one another. We're meant to get so much from the Lord and draw up from him that we give to one another, that we share, we warn each other when there's danger coming. We warn each other. I'm telling you right now, there's danger coming in 2024. The danger is the idolatries of this world. The politics and all of that can get you swept away. Do not do that. Stay grounded in him. Stay grounded in his love. And, and Paul warned in 1 Corinthians, he said, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. And he's talking specifically to those who are, they're talking about, oh, well, we want to pay attention to the people who can actually tithe, not those poor people. And Paul is saying, no, we're, we're put together, regardless of what your Um, social status is, what your ethnicity is, what your political leanings are. He put us together so that there should be no division in the body. There should be no division, not only in this house, but in the church. There should be no division, but that each part would have equal concern for one another. When we step out 
from the shelter of community, (laughs) Jesus said, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He put us in families, told us we were like sheep in a sheep pen, and Jesus was our shepherd. When you step out of that, you are an easy target for the enemy. And I think every one of you can think of somebody who stepped out and is now being tossed around like a tumbleweed. And that leads me to talking about um, being transplanted. Um, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, trees don't pick up and move themselves. Right? I mean, they, they're where they were planted. And, and hear me, you are where God puts you in a family. And there is times when God will pick you up and move you. If the church is unhealthy, if he has a mission for you, if there's something going on that he wants you to do, absolutely. But transplanting too often will kill you. And you might have to look at why you've been transplanted so often. What is your doctrine? What is your ideology? What are you looking at the Bible to say? Because quite frankly, God puts us in families. You know, God lets us get married so that we can sharpen one another. Yay! You know, when you're, when you're first in love, you're like, I just want to spend all my time with you. And then you get married, you're like, wow, all my time with you? I'm just being honest. There are times you like rub each other, right? The same is true for the church. The same is true for the church. If there's conflict, you work it out. You stick it out. You don't leave just because you're upset. And believe me, I've been upset a few times. And I've thought about leaving, and God says no. That's what he's told me. Conflict. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Um, oh, um, whoa, wait a second. What am I doing? Sorry. Oh, that's right. So we need to do this. We need to put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, this is what we need to look like as the church. Each one of us, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. You must also forgive. Forgiveness is the most important thing. So lastly, I'm going to talk about um, those trees that were cut down. You know, in the storms of life, we may feel like we've been chopped to to nothing. And, um, you know, I could share my testimony. I've been, there's been a 
several times where I felt like I was cut down and I had nothing left. But you know, the people in the church kept pumping love into me and helped me to grow back what I had lost. And we need to see that we are valuable until our last breath. There was a, um, a woman here. Um, she was a faithful prayer warrior. She was here for years, and she had cancer. And, um, and she, <laughs> I got to visit her and do puzzles with her, Sue Brower. Um, got to visit her and, and, and spend time with her, and she was praying for others until she took her last breath. Are we that steadfast in our love for God? Are we that steadfast that we're pouring into others? You're not too old. You're not too young to be a tree in this house. We need everyone. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We are just easily smashed to show the surpassing power that the surpassing power of God and not to us. It's God in me, not me. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. That's a, that's a, that's a big call, guys. That's a big call to realize that we may be afflicted on every side, but we are not crushed. We're not driven to despair. We are not forsaken and we are not destroyed. Jesus gave it all so we could have it all. So you're like, okay, Kathy, that's good, but how do we be rooted? I'm glad you asked. So these are, what, these are some things that I believe you need to do to be rooted. You need to set your mind on Christ. Your thoughts are where you're, um, that's the rudder of your ship, and I sail. So I know that that rudder can go wacko in a second if you let go of it. So... You can tip over real easy if you let go of that rudder, believe me. Um, so you need to set your mind on Christ and try and focus on that. And then you need to study the scriptures. You need to be in your Bible. You need to be reading it. And when you come across something that you're like, eh, I don't know, you need to be searching it out. You need to ask. I mean, you can ask us. You can ask one another, you know, like and, and wrestle with those things. Oh, the, I got to go to the um, the. I don't know, the Young People's Community Group. It was amazing. It was so good. They were wrestling hard topics, and I was so blessed by it. Those are good things to do, but we need to know our scriptures before we can actually do that. We need to be in them. We need to spend time alone with God. We need to get our water from him. We need to get our life from him so he can strengthen us. We need to show love to others. Those here, and those out there, we need to show practical love. What does that look like? We need to seek reconciliation. 
and, and <laughs> whether they're wrong or you're wrong, and most of the time it's probably you. So I'm just telling you. I mean, in my experience, most of the time it's me. And even if it's not, it says lay down your gift before the altar and go make reconciliation. Share your faith. There's a world out there that is dying and they will spend eternity in hell unless somebody tells them about Jesus until they receive him as their Lord. And stay in community. Stay when things get hard. Stay when things are good. Stay unless the Lord transplants you. Stay. And above all, be rooted in love. Amen. That was awesome. Kathy, great job. Thank you, Jesus. What a message for us right here, right now. Um, that's why the series is called Rooted, and that's why it's a broader theme for us this year. It's not just an eight-week sermon topic with a cute little graphic of, of a tree. It's something we really want to press into this year. We want to put down deeper, stronger roots into Jesus. And I just love the way that Colossians 2 is ordered, right? Jesus as Lord, right? We all want him as Savior. He's only Savior if he's Lord. That is important for us to hear as Americans in 2024. I mean, the whole world is built around you to tell you that you're your own Lord and that that's good and the American way. But not if we're a Christian. Jesus is Lord. And what he says goes. That was the first week in this series and something we need to keep coming back to when we need to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. That's making him Lord. That's what it's talking about. Living in him was week number two, right? Staying in Christ. And now we hear it in a different way. Put those roots down. Be rooted in Jesus. Rooted in love. So that when the wind blows, we don't fall over. Great job, Kathy. So many great pictures that help us sort of wrap our minds around it. Kathy's going to continue the series again next week with the next phrase. Can you believe what she shared was just one word? Rooted. <laughs> Out of the whole scripture that we stood up and read together, that was one word. And you did a great job. And you could have kept going for another hour and I would have been fully into it. Next week, she's got a couple more words. Built up. <laughs> I think it says built up in him, but it's it's going to be good. Another metaphor to help us get our minds wrapped around this. What does it mean to become a person of substance in Jesus that is not blown over, tipped over, or fall apart. One that can stand the test of time and the storms of life. So good. Would you guys stand and join me? We're going to wrap up this morning with a word of prayer in response to what we just heard. Well, Jesus, thank you for this scripture that we're spending time in for two months. And help us to just get it. I pray that we would spend time meditating upon it. Each week as we read it here together, I pray that each of us as we go would meditate and chew on what it means to make you Lord, to live in you, to be rooted in you. Yeah, and may your scripture, which is living and active, produce new life in us. Lord, I pray you'd bless each person here who engages with this. 
to, to be able to see with spiritual eyes that their roots are growing as they meditate upon it, as they take action toward being rooted in you, toward sharing their faith and your love with others, toward being in community, toward reconciling, toward staying when it'd be easier to give up and go. All the things that Kathy taught us about, would you just grow those individual little roots? They start small, but may they become big and strong in each of us. May this forest, this community of believers here at New Day, grow strong together as one. Yeah. May we share with one another, not not Bill's DNA, not Kathy's DNA, your DNA, Jesus. May we share who you are with one another, and may we become like you, Jesus. There is a hurting, dying world full of people that you love, you give us your heart of love for them. Give us grace and empower us to do something about it. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. We thank you again for this 21 days of prayer and fasting as a community. Thank you that whether we see it or not, you're at work and you're growing something. You're doing something in us. Our roots are going deeper. Our branches will stretch higher for you. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.